Everybody, um, that's a little seafaring music, not very witchy, but it's seafaring because um, we're coming to you live, well, some of us are anyway, from a very seafaring town. Um, you know, for those of you expecting to be listening to Ghost Chronicles, you've come to the right place, don't touch that dial. Ron and Maureen are on location live from Salem, home of the famous Salem Witch Trials. And we're going to be talking to some really interesting people tonight and going to some very well-known locations. Um, and while they're walking around having a good time, I'm going to be sitting here holding down the fort and also talking to some famous Salem residents as well. I know, I feel bad, Ron. This is bad. You guys are in Salem, and here I am. Yeah, I'm in the nice 90-degree weather. Well, what's weather like in Salem? It's 32 degrees and snowing. You're kidding. No, it isn't. No, it's not. No, Pinocchio's going to get you if you lie like that. Yeah, I've heard that. Shall we tell everybody that we're doing this really exciting, groundbreaking thing tonight between two networks, um, simulcasting live? And we have both the TogiNet and the ParaX chat rooms open. So those of you who are listening and are not in chat, we invite you to stop by by either going to www.toginet, that's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com, or www.para-x.com. And, um, yeah, so where are you, Ron? Where are you, Maureen? We, oh, well, first of all, this is the Queen of Pain herself, Maureen Wood. Yes, hey, how you doing? Hi, Maureen. <laughs> Queen of Pain, oh, don't you love that? <laughs> uh, we're, we're standing right now in an amazing room, and we're going to get into that in a moment as soon as Ron introduces our guest here. Right. We are in the world famous. What is it? Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, House of Seven Gables. And we have with us an amazing guest. She is like the queen of the House of Seven Gables. She is. Oh, what would you give me that? What'd you do with that card? Her name is. Amy Waywell. Amy, Amy, welcome to Pararex and uh, Tojinet. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled that you were able to come in tonight. So much fun. This is uh, so cool that you let us in here. Now, what room are we standing in here? We are standing in the dining room in the House of the Seven Gables. This versus the, the dining room. Dining room. Yes, no, dining room. Oh, not the living room? No. <laughs> right. Whatever. Anyway. So, I mean, let's, let's talk a little bit about what is the House of Seven Gables. I mean, everybody has heard of it, and I mean, it's, it's almost synonymous with Salem. So why don't you tell us a little bit, what is the House of Seven Gables, and, and where did it get its name from, and all that stuff? Sure. Um, well, the House of the Seven Gables was built in 1668 by a family of uh, sea captains named the Turners. Uh, John Turner I was among the wealthiest men in Massachusetts uh, during this time. And he made his money in the early triangle trade, uh, shipping goods from Salem to the West Indies, uh, to Europe, and then back again. 
um, and actually three generations of Turners lived in this house up until about 1782 when the house was sold to a second family named the Ingersolls. There, there, there was a turnover then. <laughs> there was a Turner turnover, that's right. Um, the uh, Ingersoll family were also sea captains, which was uh, you know, not uncommon here in Salem. Uh, and they were here during the Great Age of Sail, which was the height of Salem's prosperity. It's when uh, ships were traveling back and forth from here to uh, Asia frequently and bringing back some of the really expensive Chinese exports. Uh, and it's during the Ingersoll period here that uh, Susanna Ingersoll inhabited the house, and she was Nathaniel Hawthorne's second cousin. So she uh, entertained the author here in this house, and actually, that's why I brought you to the dining room, and she entertained him uh, right here in the dining room for meals frequently. And the chairs here in the dining room uh, were hers. So this is where, literally where they sat and, and, and ate. Um, so she's... These are the original chairs? These were her chairs, yep. So she and Hawthorne sat in these chairs in this dining room. Uh, and she told him really the history of the house a little bit and uh, really inspired him and intrigued him with the house's history. Uh, and it inspired his novel. Uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote a novel inspired by this poem called The House of the Seven Gables in 1851. And from there on, that this house has just been known as the House of the Seven Gables. That's really where it got its name and where it got its fame. Um, and then in 1909, our founder, uh, who was a woman named Caroline Emerton, bought the home and restored it for the purpose of offering tours of the House of the Seven Gables. And the money that she collected from Salem tourists went directly into a, a social service project here in town. And she opened a settlement house here in Salem, which was specifically designed to help new immigrants into the city acclimate to America. We still have the settlement house here today. Uh, we do preschool programs there. We do after-school programs for children. Uh, and the money that we collect from tourist dollars still supports that community service effort that we have that's that's awesome. I mean, really, I mean, so this is something that was started a long, long time ago, and it's still continued today. Uh, um, I think it's amazing, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, even then, you know, trying to help people out, bring people over this country and take care of them, you know, instead of taking the money and putting it in their own pockets, right, she, she used it to, to support people. So I think that's great. Yeah, as, as, as far as we know, we are really the only uh, museum in the country that was founded for the purpose of um, a social service mission to have this effort. And it is uh, a mission that is dual. We still are uh, both committed to historic preservation and sharing this history with our guests and giving something back to Salem in the form of the Salomon House. So um, it's, a, it's a mission that's very close to our hearts. Actually, as you mentioned, preservation uh, is a little fact that did, I don't even think you know, but I used to be president of the Merrimack Valley Preservation Group, and we received an award from the Peabody Essex Museum down the street here. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. There's a lot to preserve here in town, and Salem's fortunate in that it had people like Caroline Everton very early on recognizing the need to preserve these buildings and to keep them here for, for future generations. We're very glad to be part of it. Okay, so, I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this door. I mean, this is the coolest thing. It's, it's a rounded, what, what is that? This is the entryway to the secret staircase, which now I'm giving it away that it's in the dining room. But, <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't supposed to say that. No, no, it's fine. Uh, but it is the, oh, actually, I'll open the door for you. Yeah, I know, it's just, yeah, it's just There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Phyllis? I don't know. Yeah, we better go the other side. The secret staircase is a staircase that runs parallel to the central chimney chimney in the house. And it takes us from the first floor to the third floor. Okay, so why don't we uh, walk around here and see what we got. First, let me see if we can get feedback out of it. One second. This is really interesting. Why you try the uh, volume picture when they did? So, anyways, Mal, are you still in the studio? Yeah, I'm still here. I mean, you've been so quiet. I expected you to say something. I will. Definitely. Trust me. Do we have feedback coming through on your end? Yeah. Okay. Maybe if we turn down our speakers, we might lose the what you guys say, but. Uh, Okay, do we sound better now? Yes, you do. That was perfect okay, right you. now. All right. So okay, well, I've got a question for Amy, if if you guys are... Thank out. God. You know, I'm, I'm getting tired around. of hearing my own voice all the time. <laughs> I'll just jump right in. Um, you know, a lot of people think that the House of Seven Gables was just a novel. You know, they don't realize that there is actually a house. And I was reading, doing a little bit of research, that... Nathaniel Hawthorne often stated that the book was a work of complete fiction based on no house at all. Is that, have you heard that? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. We recently, just in the last couple of days, had a Hawthorne scholar from Salem State College here who gave an interesting lecture about Hawthorne. Hawthorne um, played a lot of tricks in his, kind of, in his interviews and, and what he said where he would almost deliberately contradict himself back and forth. Um, so the end result of, of this professor's lecture was, don't trust anything Hawthorne ever said, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, he, he was a character. He, he, um, he avoided a lot of press, and then he, he would say one thing and mean another. He would, so he was someone who you cannot always um, trust in what they were saying. Um, this house absolutely had seven gables, um, and uh, he absolutely was a visitor here frequently with his cousin, who was well aware of the house's history. And while the story is uh, a complete work of fiction, and when you read the book, what Hawthorne describes the house looking like um, is very different than what our house looks like uh, in terms of some of the decorative detail that he describes. So it's really just an inspiration, this notion of a house with, with these seven kind of angled peaks and, and jutting off of all the different directions. But the opening paragraph of the novel um, is very much describes sort of the, the general look of our house with its peaks pointing every which way and its location on the end of this New England street and near the water. Um, that we're confident that he was inspired by his visits here with his cousin. Yeah, because the other thing is that having been here with his cousin and visiting, that he would want to keep some part of his life private, right? So having written the book, yeah, you use it as inspiration, but you also want to, you know, maintain some secrecy. Right. Well, I also, sorry, um, but just, I also read that um, when he was at there at that time, he would have only seen three gables because of the federal period architecture renovations that were going on. That's absolutely true. Uh, Carol, uh, or, uh, Suzanne Ingersoll's father, Captain Ingersoll, made those changes. So she was, oh, like 12 or 13 years old at the time that the house uh, lost its four of its gables. 
Um, and that's part of the, the story that she would be telling Hawthorne at, uh, at these meals that they shared. That's part of what was inspiring him. That's part of what she's sharing in, in, in sharing with him the house's history were the changes that her father put through. Um, because by the 1780s, this house's 17th century appearance was really quite out of style. Um, so, yes, it was remodeled to look more federal on the outside. And our founder, Caroline Emerton, in 1908, uh, with a, a really famous uh, restoration architect at that time, a man named Joseph Chandler, restored, did the research and restored the, uh, the lost gables um, and brought the house back to its 17th century appearance. Um, and did so, again, specifically so that she could offer the tours through the house, uh, which reflected more the novel, to attract those tourist dollars and fund the settlement. Great. Mala, you have to be careful, you know, too much reading can cause pain, so. <laughs> it's my job to make your life miserable, Ron, so I'm going to go for it. Where are we heading now, dear? Uh, we can actually right right here and go into the parlor, if you like. It's certainly the fanciest. Now, is this all the original wallpaper as well? Is it? No, it, it's not the original wallpaper, but it is a restoration wallpaper. Um, because the Turners certainly would have had wallpaper. It was the height of fashion at that time, and they were among the wealthiest folks. They would have had the, the very most fashionable home in town. We just have no idea what it would have looked like. Okay. At that. It, it would have been so far gone um, that we have chosen this wallpaper. But the paint treatment in this room is a really vibrant green color called verdigris. And verdigris in French means green-gray. Underneath all of this green paint is a layer of gray paint uh, so that when the light hits it, the paint treatment gives a kind of iridescent look. And this, we know for a fact, was uh, what the Turners painted this room because all the paneling in this room is original uh, to about the 1710 era. Uh, which was when John Turner II updated the home in the Georgian style. So all of this Georgian architecture dates to John Turner II. And we've taken, you can just see it to the right of our, our uh, grandfather clock, we've taken the paint all the way down to that original layer and had it analyzed. And all of the lab results came back with um, this, chemically, with this paint. So we are 100% sure. <laughs> Science has has helped us out a great deal. We're very sure that this is the paint treatment John Turner II chose when he uh, updated the parlor uh, around 1710. That's for sure. The wallpaper we chose, it dates to about 1720 and was reproduced for us. We chose it because it, it kind of fits in with the color scheme here now. For those, for our listeners who really can't see it, I mean, the colors are very vibrant, um, you know, low pattern. I mean, it's just, it's very pretty. I mean, it, it, reds and, right, reds, gold, greens, a white background, just amazing. amazing. Um, so for those listeners out there who are planning a trip, too, to Massachusetts and coming to visit Salem. When is the house open? The house is open uh, year-round. This At this time in October, we're open from 9.30 in the morning till 7 o'clock at night. There are hours till 7 uh, for June I'm sorry, for July, August, September, and October. The rest of the year we're open between 10 and 5. So definitely come on, come on down and see us. Mala, how are we doing on time? I know it looks like it's, it's running out on us here. We're going okay at the moment. Um, oh, this can't be good. I just, what? I just got a note in chat that um, somebody had been at the House of Seven Gables and they thought they saw slave spirits hiding in the house. 
We missed that, Marla. We had you turned down so low that we lost you. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say, I, um, I'm looking at our chat room, and, and one of the chat people said that um, they saw slave spirits hiding in the house. Um, he's psychic, so have there been any reports of um, ghosts? Oh, here we know. We knew this was coming this way. <laughs> All right. We'll ask the $6,000 question. Were there ghosts here? Uh, no. I'm, af- I'm afraid not. At least I've been here five years and, and have not seen nor had reported uh, any ghosts. But um, I can tell you, historically, there were slaves here. Um, there were three slaves during John Turner II's time here, um, a woman and two men. But um, as far as we know, they are... No longer here. <laughs> they are no longer here. No. Actually, they, uh, they outlived John Turner II, so um, they, as far as we know, went on somewhere else after his death. So, so when you have these tours, has, has anybody ever asked you that? I mean, have any... Hi, this is Mark. Yes. We have a caller, Mark Nelson, a host of Positively Psychic. Mark, hi Marla, how are you? I'm good. Um, say hi to Ron and Maureen and Amy. Hi Ron, Maureen, and Amy. Hi everybody. Hello. <laughs> of course, he was psychic. He knew our names anyway. Yeah, I shouldn't have said anything, right? <laughs> um, Mark, you've been to the House of Seven Gables. I've been there twice so far. I loved it. It was it's a fascinating place, and I could swear I had seen. But I thought to be some uh, some slave energy. I saw what I thought to be. Uh, African-American spirits. I, I felt like that there were some in and around the house. I, they had showed us an area where it was like some kind of back doors and, and kind of a closeted places where I think the house was part of the, um, the Underground Railroad, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not that we've ever been able to um, substantiate, no. Um, there is a, a kind of an old rumor that still floats around regarding our secret staircase, uh, that it was used at one time or another. But, um, in fact, uh, the secret staircase only dates to the restoration in 1909. Um, oh, okay. So that, uh, that's not possible. Anything else, we've never been able to, to prove um, with any comfort that, that uh, would confirm it. Well, you saw the coats hanging out or yellow uh, ribbons on the uh, horse thingies? No, no, uh, no I'm afraid not. Um, so it, it's something we've never been able to, to prove. Um, but the secret staircase kind of fuels a lot of those rumors, but that's, uh, that's just not possible because of the date of the staircase. Well, I want to ask the psychic. Hey, uh, Mr. Psychic. Mark, thank you. I couldn't remember his name. That's because... No, I, let me ask you this. Yeah, yeah you, you you deal with you you deal with the psychic realm. So yes. let me ask you this: If there were um, slaves, uh, spirits of slaves hanging around, and they found, like for instance, the silver, the uh, because this house is restored back to its original thing, would they be more comfortable here? And actually, even though they never were here, could they come in and like spend time here? Um, I think it's possible. I, I tend to think that. Um, spirit energy is going to go to a place that it had been to, they, he, she had been to during their lifetime. They may have felt a sense of safety at some point in that house. I felt like that they were safe in that house. I, I could swear I saw what, I, what appeared to be African Americans in period dress when I was there. And so 
Uh, the idea that they could only go in one part of the house or the other is not necessarily the case either. I mean, I think that they could have the general run of, of the area. And if they want to be presented, if they want you to be aware of them, they would be in a place where you could see them, experience them, perhaps get a, a grasp of what they're about, who they were. Okay. Thanks, okay. Mark. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Ron, you and Maureen need to get over to your next stop, yes? Really? Other than getting the boot? I think you're getting the boot because you've got 10 minutes to get from point A to point B, right? Uh, what time is it now? Uh, 8.28. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Right. So, you know, this is all live, so that's... Uh, you know, that's, 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 that's <laughs> rocket on my car, evidently, there, Marlon. You what? <laughs> so, uh... I guess we're going to have to say goodbye. I mean, this went by so, so fast. Is there a website, first of all, Amy? Yes, give a website, please. Find out more about the House of the Seven Gables and more about um, our special October programming, you can read this at www.thenumber7gables.org. And speaking about the uh, October program, there is a, a program called the Spirits of the House of Seven Gables, I believe. That's absolutely true. And, and during that program on Friday and Saturday nights this month, uh, we uh, haunt the house, so to speak, with uh, actors who are portraying characters from the novel The House of the Seven Gables. And that is a special program that we offer only in October. All right, Amy, we want to thank you so much for, uh, you know, opening the house up tonight. And I wish we had more time because, I mean, this is really great. Yeah. Really, we thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I mean, yeah. And we want to also thank the um, IT, right? Yes. So as he came in, and Jonathan, and made sure to help us out. All right, Milo, so we're heading off to our next stop, and uh, carry on, young lady. Okay, will do. We'll see you in about ten minutes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, as uh, we'll see you when you get there. How's that? Okay, sounds good. All right. Okay, now we are back, and um, we're going to be talking to Kate Fox, who is with Destination Salem, and we're going to Mother, get... should I say goodbye? No, you can hang on for a while. Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> why don't you, while we're talking, while we're getting um, Kate on the line, um, sure. just give us a couple more impressions about the House of Seven Gables. Well, uh, I'll play the tourists for just a moment. It really is a beautiful place. It's very large, and that um, that actually has some gorgeous grounds around it. And what was so interesting is that all of the class, very class, and I feel like it gives you a great sense of what it must have been like to live in that time. If things are not finished the same way. They're beautiful, and it's very interesting. And I'll shut up as soon as someone comes off the phone. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Yeah. Hi, it's Marla. And Hi. Just figured we'd drop in on you and get some information about what's going on in Salem this month. Okay. Since it's really good um, for everybody, this is Kate Fox from Destination Salem. And if anybody knows what's going on there, it's her. It, uh, and it's busy. I just returned from our opening parade where hundreds and hundreds of people in costume were, were parading. Wow. Well, I was looking at your website just for the events that were happening today, and it was all I could do to not grab my broom and fly over there because it just sounds great. Oh, a lot of people did. It, there are a lot of people here, a lot of buses coming in and out, and um, it, it, it's busy. We're excited for the month of October. So tell us some of the stuff that's going on, some we of the ongoing stuff and the special events. 
We have this weekend um, is sort of the, the quiet before the storm, and um, the haunted houses are revved up. We have a lot of extra haunted houses and ghost tours that come into Salem for the month of October. And so by night, people can wander the streets of Salem and explore the cemeteries and the haunted neighborhoods and, and learn some of the spooky stories of Salem's past or do the historical aspects and walk around with the town historians who are happy to illuminate the, our visitors with the rich maritime history, the sea trade, the shipping, and, of course, the witch trials of 1692. And then next weekend with Columbus Day comes our Haunted Biz Baz, which is an enormous street fair that takes over about three blocks of our city. And we have vendors selling everything from jewelry to witch hats to wands and brooms to sweaters and sweatshirts, depending on the weather. And um, <laughs> buskers performing on the streets and magicians. And so that, that comes in next week and uh, is here for the weekend of Columbus Day, and at, at that point, we also see a lot of our evening theatrical events start up. So you can go to the House of the Seven Gables or the Tall Ship Friendship in the Harbor or the Witch House, which was the home of one of the witch trial judges in 1692, and hear ghost stories that are appropriate to the era of the house or the ship uh, by costumed actors. And so those are, are often chilling events. We also have an immersion experience at Pioneer Village, which is um, an outdoor destination in Salem. It's part of a park, and it, it's a recreation of what Salem would be in 1630. And for mm -hmm. Halloween, we have a group from Gordon College that does a full immersion experience of the uh, abduction of one of the girls who was um, affected by the witch trials. So there's lots going on. That's just the first two weeks. <laughs> wow. You've got a busy time coming up. Um, what, um, for somebody that has not been to Salem before, I mean, everybody knows about Salem, obviously, um, what are the most popular tourist spots? Well, certainly the Salem Witch Museum is one of the most visited sites in Salem and all of Massachusetts, and they have two exhibits. One talks about what happened in 1692 uh, when we had the, the tragic witch trials uh, episode in American history, and then the second exhibit uh, traces the history and evolving perceptions of witchcraft as a religion and something that has had a lot of mystery around it for many, many years. And the exhibit does a nice job giving it some uh, sense of scope in ac according to a world timeline and also comparing it to some other incidents that have happened um, throughout history when people have been blamed for things that they may or may not have actually been guilty of. Um, and uh, so that's certainly one of the most visited sites, as is the Salem Maritime National Historic Site. Salem had a very rich maritime heritage, and so many ships sailed overseas from Salem in the 17th, uh, 1700s, 1800s, that in the Far East, people thought that Salem was its own country. And oh. so the first national historic site in America was actually the Salem Maritime National Historic Site, and that just celebrated its 75th anniversary this year. And so hundreds of thousands of people go there each year to learn the maritime history. It's also where the custom house is, where Nathaniel Hawthorne worked. Nathaniel Hawthorne being a, the American novelist who wrote The Scarlet Letter and The House of the Seven Gables, two novels that certainly increased people's awareness of Salem as an American city. Oh, absolutely. Hi, um, can I jump in? Uh-huh. Uh, hi, this is Mark. I'm also, I, I was on the phone with you guys. I, I'm, hi, Mark. I'm a host of... I'm the host of one of the other shows. I've been to the museum. One of the things I was really impressed with was the 
collection of uh, Asian artifacts. It was yeah. amazing. It's, it's really spectacular. I mean, it was totally unexpected to me to see the scope and the size and the, the quality of the exhibits. I mean, these guys did so much trading back there, and they brought it all home to, for people to see. And it's, it's a real treat, at least for, I mean, for myself. I found it really just a, a wonderful surprise, and it was just gorgeous. And, and these guys did not bring back simple things. Some of it is quite elaborate. They are sea captains of rich, rich men of their day. Right. Do you want a job? <laughs> and, uh, the Peabody Essex Museum is the oldest continually operated museum in the country, and they went through a tremendous expansion a few years back, and now it's one of the largest museums of art and culture uh, in America. And um, they, you're exactly right, it was founded by sea captains, and I always like to say that they were bringing all these souvenirs home from these port, very exotic ports, and the wives got sick of dusting them and said, put them somewhere. <laughs> And so they started a museum, and the, the artifacts are still there. And from beautiful Canton, China, which um, it's prevalent in lots of uh, Chinese restaurants today, were served on knockoff Canton, China. Well, they have the original, the real McCoy from the 18th century at the Peabody Essex Museum. It's just beautiful. I mean, it's really, and it just, it's, it's very expansive. I was really impressed with how everything was done. Um, it's beautiful. They have wonderful changing exhibits, and now they have the house from China, the Yin Yutang House, um, which is actually a Chinese house that was a Chinese merchant's home and uh, was brought over when they did the expansion a few years ago. Well, oh, I also want to ask you about the park. Didn't you guys, like, create a park for Washington's army or something? Didn't, did Washington sleep at one point in Salem? George Washington did come through Salem, and our common is... Uh, our common is, is um, Washington Square, and uh, in New England, um, there, a lot of towns have common areas that are the town center, and they were built because they were where the town people uh, grazed their sheep and their cows. It was the common land, and now they're beautiful park areas, and it was also where the Salem militia trained, and General Washington came and inspected the troops, so that's why it's now beautiful. Washington Square. It yeah, is really a which beautiful area. Hmm? It's a beautiful I'm sorry. place to take a walk. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm jumping it in, is. but it, it is. is. Um, it's all color popping in. It's got to be spectacular. Um, it's it's great. It's a it's a great area, and um, certainly the um, waterfront as well. The, the maritime site, which has Derby Wharf, ex which extends a half mile out into the harbor and has Derby Light at the end of the wharf, which is, that's a great walk. And we're lucky we have two lighthouses that you can walk to in Salem. One is at Derby Light in the wharf downtown, and the other is Fort Pickering, uh, which is out on Winter Island, which is a campground. It's one of the few waterfront campgrounds uh, in Massachusetts where you can um, park an RV or set up a campsite right there next to a lighthouse at the, the entrance to the harbor. That's very cool. Um, we've got Tommy has a question, so come on. Yes, Tommy. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. Hi, Tommy. Hey, we've got a bunch of paranormal investigators in the chat room on the Parax side. Uh, how many places in Salem allow paranormal investigations? Not oh. for a group. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, that's a well. That's a good question. You know, officially at night, you know, a lot of the paranormal investigations. Um, want to go to the cemetery, they want to look at the old jail or the witch house, some of the older structures. We do have a, a number of buildings that trace back to the 17th century. And um, so a lot of 
the uh, paranormal investigators like to go to those destinations. And officially, the cemeteries are closed at dusk, and the old Salem jail is no longer Salem City property. So um, officially, I can't answer that. Uh, okay. I, I can tell you that we do have um, ghost tour companies. We do have a, a couple of people who are happy to take people around and tell them the stories that, that our people are aware of and the different sites that are uh, rumored to be haunted. But um, I don't have any official knowledge or we don't have any city-sanctioned paranormal investigations. Okay. But there are witches on the sides of your police cars. There are. We, we are. And the high school mascot is the witch. The football team's the Salem Witches. Uh, and the witch logo is on the police cars and the, um, the fire trucks. And actually, the uh, police auxiliary makes a, a nice profit during haunted happenings selling at the street fairs with their sweatpants, sweatshirts, and T-shirts and things. Um, but, uh, and that has been in effect for much longer than we've had a modern witch community or a, a really active paranormal investigation um, type of tourist or visitor coming in. Uh, the, it, it's been the witches um, since, a, in, since an era that predates the, the modern tourism and, and destination um, that we have. So okay. Salem, it, looks there's great. a lot of irony. <laughs> It, it's a great destination. There's the shopping and the dining, and, and we have great accommodations. Some are rumored to be haunted, some not. Uh, it, um, haunted there, is good. Hmm? Haunted is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I, just, I had a group in last week, and they were really interested in the ghost stories, and you can certainly find them, uh, and there are a lot of people who are helpy, happy to tell the tales, and um, I think they, they were pretty successful in, in their visit to Salem, so... I know a, a lot of people come up looking for paranormal, and, and they certainly find it, or they find really um, good, exciting stories. If, you know, if they don't have a personal experience, they can certainly find someone who has. Cool. I appreciate it. Sure. It's kind of interesting to, to wonder about people that live in Salem proper, if private residences might be a little haunted or something, you know, not just the, the main tourist attractions, but... Um, just, I mean, lots of cities have paranormal investigation groups. Um, is there one in Salem that you know of, or, or? There isn't one officially that I know of, and I, as, as a residential community, because Salem's a city, we have about 40,000 residents, uh, so it, it's a, a real working city, it's a 30-minute train ride away from Boston, so a lot of commuters. Um, we also have the ferry, so you can commute to Boston on the high-speed catamaran. Um, and so it's, I don't know that there are any more paranormal situations and on a residential level than any other community, uh, especially in New England where you have old houses with, with really rich histories. Uh, I, I've, heard, um, I've heard a lot of ghost stories from the different communities in Essex County, which is north of Boston here. And, whether you're going to Rockport or Newburyport or Andover or Haverhill uh, or Salem, there, there are a lot of really rich stories. And, and I've lived all over the country and heard ghost stories. So I don't know that there's a higher concentration or if there's just a higher concentration of people coming to Salem because of its very rich history to research the paranormal here. Well, um, that's and kind of what I history said. Appealing. I live in Hollywood, and I've, I've written some books on haunted Hollywood, and I always say... We don't have any more ghosts than anywhere else, but ours are just more famous. Yeah. 
that's kind of, you know, the same thing um, that you're talking about in a sense, you know. Right. Because, and Salem is great because you've got a great combination of witches and ghosts and, you know, all this history. It's very well-rounded. And um, I think the witches kind of outnumber the ghosts at this point. <laughs> but that's not <laughs> The modern witch community is, is um, it, it's certainly a dynamic piece of the Salem atmosphere. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think there are probably just as many people have have died here as anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, just so, some of them a little more ugly in in certain ways. I mean, you know, considering um, Giles Corey for one, who was crushed yeah. to death under stones, that wasn't a very pleasant death. Um, no. You know, and and the witch hangings. I mean, you know, they always say that that areas that have very emotional events. They either hold residual energy or, or they're haunted. So um, the areas where the witch hangings took place um, is that, I think we were talking the other day and you said that's now a soccer field or something? It is, and there's, there isn't hardcore evidence for, we have an area in Salem called Gallows Hill. The water tower is up there at the soccer field and the skate park and the playground and a residential neighborhood. So, and it, that it is believed that that's where um, the hangings took place, but there isn't any concrete proof. And um, along the same lines, I don't believe there's concrete proof whether um, the hangings were done with a tree or with gallows. Um, that sort of evidence no longer exists. So mm-hmm. it, it's sort of suspicion and um, what people are able to contrive from the history books and research they've done. And, and so we always, I direct people to go to the Witch Trials Memorial, which is downtown Salem and was dedicated in 1992 and does a really nice job of remembering what happened in 1692 and, and remembering the victims. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. adjacent to the old burying point. So there's there's definitely, you, you know, you're, you're right there with that history and, and with not only the, the people who lost their lives during the witch trials, but also one of the judges is buried in the burying point, as well as some, some of the other historical names in Salem. Um, got one more question for you, and I don't know if this is something that you know much about, but the curse of the sheriffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you that don't know, and I don't know, you know, you might be able to say it better than I do, but um, when, wasn't it when Giles Corey died he right. died at the hand of the sheriff at that time and put a curse on every subsequent sheriff that they would what die horribly die young they just wouldn't uh, let stay in office long i can't remember the exact curse but it involved something something with blood you know may you choke on your own blood because the the death of the the sheriffs have subsequently been um, either lung or heart related uh, and whether or not that is a curse or an eerie uh, coincidence is for people to decide on their own, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great is with curses, you know. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, I think people would be hesitant to take that job, don't you think? I mean, even if they there, didn't believe in curses, the track record is kind of strong there. It is something that the newspaper mentions when the position turns over. 
we we have a we have sort of a tongue in cheek column in the Salem News on uh, once a week, and uh, it it's sort of a gossip column and has anecdotes, and so every now and then a curse or some story will will turn up there, and so it, it's it's something people are aware of, but I don't know if it has directly affected anyone's position anyone's decision to take the job or not. <laughs> Well, it would probably affect my decision, but then I'm, I'm a coward, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay away from, I don't curse people, and I try to stay away from other people's curses, because they just might rub off or something. Well, and the, the, um, in the witch community, everything comes back to you three times, so I'd like to, you know, keep things away, <laughs> especially exactly. bad things, from coming exactly. back three times. Yeah, because you can do plenty enough and get bad things coming back with you without courting that or trying to make that happen. Exactly. I was doing a little bit more research and looking around um, Salem on the Internet and having a vicarious thrill. Um, tell me about the Witch Dungeon Museum. Um, the Witch Dungeon Museum is in an, an old church, and it, it is an experience in two parts. The first, you sit in the pews and you um, see a dramatic presentation of the um, one of the trials uh, from the witch trials in 1692, and actresses act out the dialogue, and, and it's actually taken from court transcripts and gives you a sense of what happened to these uh, women who were accused. And then uh, after that presentation, the tour goes downstairs into a recreated dungeon scenario where you can get a, a sense for the horrible conditions that the prisoners were kept in in, in 1692 and the types of, of cells they had. And uh, it was based on wealth. If you couldn't afford a room that had enough, a cell that had enough room to sit down, then you were in a vertical cell where you could only stand and you were shackled. Um, so it goes through uh, some scenes that depict that situation and they also have a beam in the witch dungeon that is from the original dungeon uh, and so that's on display and I have been told by one of the tour guides there that people do think that that beam has brought some haunting into the witch dungeon and uh, that there there may be some spirits that have come along from the original dungeon which no longer stands into the, the museum that's there uh, I haven't seen them myself but that's what I've been told Mm. It's just, yeah. I, it seems so steeped with history and, and good and bad history, but it, it, there has to be a whole different feel in Salem than in a lot of places in this country, just because of the colorful past, good and bad. It, it, there is, and um, what I find is much more dominant just on a day-to-day -day basis when I walk around Salem um, what is more recognizable is the incredible um, remnants we have from the maritime era, from the wealth. The, America's first millionaire was a, a Salem sea captain, and all of the wealth that came over from the shipping trade gave us federal mansions and beautiful architecture and this, the great museums. And so that's what I see more on a, a daily basis. It's less the... Um, the, the Witch Trials of 1692, which is sort of quietly commemorated on a regular basis other than October when we go haunted and haunted happenings, and it's all about spooky and fun and kids' events and things for adults, uh, you know, everything from a Oktoberfest beer garden to a dumb supper um, 
to connect with the, the people who have passed over. And um, it, it's really the more evident remnants of Salem's history is, is that wealth and, and grandeur from the maritime era. Uh, and But I, I think that you're right. I think that people do sort of live with the knowledge that a horrible thing happened here. Uh, and I suppose one piece to recognize is that it did start the, the development of what is the current justice system because they, the, the 20 people who died uh, lost their lives because of an ineffective justice system in the, the Puritan society. And uh, out of that, they did decide that spectral evidence couldn't be used in a court of law anymore. And um, everything they became a, a bit more based in reality. So if there's a silver lining, I suppose that might be it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> If it, but it really, it's it's a really um, diverse city. It, it has such a, a rich history, as you said. And, and today we have just a really funky, fun, contemporary destination that has a lot of experiences that are based on 1692 or um, the 17th and 18th century. We have an office park that used to be um, linen mills and has a really funky roof shape. If anybody is visiting Salem and is down on the waterfront and they look over and see Shetland Park and it has this very angular roof, that's from looms in the industrial era. They had enormous looms to make cotton. Uh, so, you know, there are all these funny little tidbits in Salem. Monopoly was, in, was invented here and Parker Brothers used to be in Salem. Um, so this is my dog. If you can hear a strange noise in the background, my dog has come in to talk to me. <laughs> Dogs are always um, welcome. <laughs> it, uh, so, um, yeah, it's just it's a really great place. There's something different around every corner, and, and I've been here 11 years. I've been marketing tourism in Salem and doing the destination marketing, and I, I'm still learning things, which is great. That's a really nice thing about a place. Do you have a favorite place in Salem that, that you're drawn to all the time and just, you know, feel real good about it? Um, well, I, I think the certainly the Peabody Essex Museum, um, where I can go repeatedly and it's always changing and there are so many galleries and different experiences and right now they have a great exhibit on Maori tattoo. Um, Oh. And uh, which is really fascinating, and it just it takes you to different cultures and different parts of the world, and um, so that that is that is a place that is always changing and, and never dull. Um, they always have something for the kids too, so um, interactive programming and, and an art and nature studio. So I think that is the place I go most repeatedly, um, and then going down to the harbor and being able to walk out on the wharf and. Um, go out to Derby Light and no matter what season, see boats either moored or going out and in the winter it's icy and cold and you sort of get the sense for what these people went through to make a country um, when when they were building their wealth and the revolution came through Salem and so there's just, there's a lot here. Well, I just, I, I, was, I came across something that said Misery Island as a point of interest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is Misery Islands? Misery Islands, there's actually there are two. There's Big Misery and Little Misery, so you can, you can see how you're feeling that day. Um, and it, the uh, miseries are accessible only by boat. Uh, they do have some beaches, and so you can go out, and um, there's some walking trails on the island now, but they got their names because when the ships would come back into Salem, if anyone was sick, 
or quarantined, they would be, uh, the boats would have to stay out at the miseries. And if people didn't get better, that's where they stayed. Oh, wow. Uh, so, um, yeah. Now that's got to be haunted. I, you know, I haven't heard of, and probably because of the accessibility issue, if people go out there to do any paranormal research, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty well connected for tourists because it's very hard to get out there. Uh, if you're not a local. So I haven't heard of anything, but that certainly doesn't mean that there aren't some stories about about the miseries. Um, The other area in Salem, Salem Willows, um, which is now an amusement park and uh, has beaches and arcades and things, but that used to be um, a mental health hospital. Uh. And uh, so that's where they would send people um, and also a contagious disease area mm-hmm. um, so that you know there's another area of Salem with an interesting past there's a lot of interesting pasts in Salem it's fantastic there, yeah, there, there is it just keeps going and going and going and I'm lucky I have some great historians around me who keep teaching me <laughs> and I think it's just so great that there's so many people walking around in period costumes you know and and all the recreations of things that really helps give the feel of, of being back there and getting some idea of what it was like to be back there at that time. It, it is nice. I mean, we mentioned the Witch Dungeon and they're in period dress, and then we have a program called Cry Innocent where they recreate the arrest and trial of Bridget Bishop three times a day. And uh, they, they arrest her in the street, and they, they pull all the visitors in with her, and the, the jury is the audience and so sometimes she's innocent and sometimes she's guilty and it's a great interactive experience but they are fully immersed in the the 17th century they speak the language and they're in the costumes and you can't crack them out of their personas that they become so that's a nice experience oh my god you are so lucky to be living there (laughs) it's it's a pretty great place uh, yeah it's i actually um one of my earliest, I'm not from here originally, I'm, I am originally from New York, and one of my earlier memories when I was seven or eight years old is of the House of the Seven Gables when we came here on a family vacation, so I hope that people who come today, that their kids are making some, some special memories about the great destination. Mm-hmm. Well, it's making some great memories, some visual images in my head, and I haven't even been there. Oh, you have to come over. I know, I know. And and I'm just, uh, you know, I look at all the pictures and all the different websites, and I'm just drooling. And before I forget, um, tell everybody what the Destination Salem website is um, so they can drool, too. Sure. The um, Destination Salem website is salem.org, salem.org, and Haunted Happenings is hauntedhappenings.org. And if anyone is thinking that they're going to come this October. Accommodations are pretty few and far between, but we do have a listing of hotel room availabilities on hauntedhappenings.org. And both websites have blogs, so you can sign up to get daily updates on what's happening. Oh, that's really great. Well, I don't know what happened to our co-host, Ron. He's supposed to be somewhere, and he's not there yet, but I'm going to let you go. And um, we're going to go talk to Tim McGuire at um, the Ghost Tours. And hopefully Ron will show up by then. Uh, Has he been to the Gables yet, or is that where he's trying to go? He was at the Gables. We talked to Amy, and and she was really great. And um, he was heading over to the Lyceum restaurant. Lyceum, however you say it. 
Yep, the Lyceum, um, which is actually where Alexander Graham Bell placed the first long-distance call. I actually knew that. So I'll mention that because he's probably going to talk about how you're supposed, you, you can smell apples because it used to be um, site of an apple orchard of one of the accused. Oh, so he'll talk about that. <laughs> Great. Well, Kate, thank you so much for all your help. I know we've been back and forth on the phone for a few days, and I know you're busy, so I really appreciate it. And thank oh, you for my taking pleasure. the time to show up and talk to us now and kind of make everybody envious and want to come to Salem. Oh, well, thank you so much for the opportunity. I've enjoyed being on the show. All right. Well, you take care. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. So, like I said, um, Ron is here, missing in action. Tommy? Yes. Is he around or is he not around? Uh, let me double check again. Otherwise, we'll get Tim McGuire from the Ghost Tours. I'm not showing him online. Let me call the other one in. Okay, let's talk to Tim, and then Ron will just have to scurry all over Salem to get his stuff done down the line. I'll keep, I'll keep watching the contact list. When he pops on, I'll, brag, I'll drag him in. Don't you love my... Uh-huh. Christine, how can I help you? Hi, uh, Tim McGuire, please. Sure, hold on a moment. Hello, this is Tim. Hey, Tim, this is Marla Brooks from Stirring the Cauldron and Ghost Chronicles. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Good, thank you. We hear you've got, like, the hottest tour in Salem. Oh, uh, we, we have the best tour in the country. Oh, okay. Even better. <laughs> um, the Salem Night Tour. Where Salem Night Tour. Want to tell everybody about it, please? Uh, sure. The Salem Night Tour... Um, what we get to do in Salem, Salem's the kind of town where most stories have a bad ending mm-hmm. in history. Uh, so we're notorious for uh, Puritan punishments and uh, very old houses. Uh, we get to take people to two of the top ten haunted sites in America, mm-hmm. which are the old abandoned prison. Our prison here was built in 1813. It was used up until 1992. And the horror of our old jail is they never had electricity or running water, even in 1992. Uh, we also get to take people to the Howard Street Cemetery, which is where they pressed um, Giles Corey in the witch trial yes. in 1692. And those are always voted two of the top ten most haunted. Um, the, the night tour is a little bit different than other tours in Salem. Uh, a lot of our guides have at least 18 years' experience. So, you know, we dress as people from Salem's past and get to bring that to life, too, which makes that tour a little bit different than some of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the most haunted locations in Salem? Uh, in Salem, we have uh, Gallows Hill. Gallows Hill Park is where uh, the 19 were hanged during the witch hysteria. Right. Um, so we get to take people pretty close to some of those areas. The Howard Street Cemetery that I mentioned that's where in 1692 uh, an old gentleman named Giles Corey was, was pressed to death. And that was a, a three-day ordeal where each day they came and they, they laid more heavy stone on top of a wooden plank on his chest. And they did that for a three-day period. And I might add that he, he, passed. he asked for it. He, he did. He, it was he not that they He finally just... said, more weight. Yes, and uh, we, we kind of think he said maybe, no, no, wait, but we're not sure. 
kind of like maybe with the narrow. <laughs> kind of like that Chinese whispers thing where you say something and it keeps changing from person to person or something. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we get to go there, the old abandoned jail. Um, that's a site with a lot of a lot of famous things went on. It's right across the street from where the witch dungeon stood. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in 1692, the witch dungeon was a 200-foot-long building and about 20 feet wide, and it's where Puritans kept prisoners. Amazingly enough, it never had bars on the cells. Really? And Puritans always felt that even if you were innocent, this was part of God's plan. So Puritans did not escape. Um, they would stay in there until until they awaited trial, uh, and the, the conditions in that that old jail were were horrendous, you know. Uh, but that was part of the makeup, you know. As we we kind of joke today, you can imagine the tax money we'd save. Jeez. That I mean, you know, to obey to the death. I mean, that's just sure. really kind of amazing. Sure, it but, is, and it. It'll tell you one, one ironic thing about Salem and, and the witch trials here is that we know today that the people accused and that were put to death um, most likely were not witches because if you admitted to witchcraft, they'd release you. And what these Puritans were afraid of is that if, if you admitted to witchcraft, they'd, they'd excommunicate you from the Puritan church. So that's why many of them um, chose death over being excommunicated. So ironically, Salem's a town where we, we probably never hang, hanged a witch. No. A legend says so. Well, it was that mass hysteria that took over, and, and there are just Absolutely. so many different theories about what brought that on. Somebody, I, I was reading something the other day, and someone said it had to do with something that the girls, those three girls that, that had, did had the eaten. accusing had eaten sure. or something sure. like That's that. The science today, that they'll... Science uh, has, a, has a pretty good agreement and a feeling that um, ergot poisoning is, is what you were mentioning. Er ergot was a mold that grows in a coastal city, and um, ergot is, is what they make LSD from. Right. So, you know, if ergot gets on the barley and the wheat and bread is made, um, young children can have a reaction uh, similar to, to what happened here in 1692 to the first two girls that were ill. You know, and, and after that, it, it becomes more of a popularity contest. And, you know, a lot of people pointed at were society misfits. Hey, this is Maureen and Ron. Hey, you Hi, guys. Maureen. Hey, we're guys. We're, we're at the Lyceum, and uh, we're having technical difficulties, so I'm calling in on my cell phone, but we have a guest here. I'm going to put Ron on, okay? Sure. Okay. Hey, guys. Hi, Ron. We're actually yeah, we're actually talking to Terry, who's uh, working here at the Lyceum Restaurant, which is one of the most haunted places in town. It's, it's, it is, it's, and we've got Tim McGuire on the line from the Ghost Tours also, so we can have a okay, whole party well, here. Well, well, you know what? We'll do Terry quick because uh, she's working, and uh, basically sure. uh, uh, we'll just we'll get her in here. If you sure. Don't mind. No, Tim, you can hang on, right? Yeah, well, I'm here. Good. All, All right. right. You're a good man. Okay. So, Mala, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you because we're on a cell phone, so you're going to talk to him, not, not me, all right? Okay. Okay. This is Mala. Hi, Marla. I'm Terry Colbert. Hi, Terry. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You work in a really neat place, don't you? <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. I've worked here for 15 years. Tell us a little bit about the Lyceum. 
Well, the Lyceum restaurant um, was actually built on the site of Bridget Bishop's Apple Orchard and Tavern. Um, the, the building that exists now is actually the first place that Alexander Graham Bell publicly demonstrated the telephone. But way back during the witch trials, Bridget Bishop lived here, and she was the first woman executed during the trial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Bridget still haunts the restaurant. Um, I saw an apparition about 14 years ago standing on the stairs up in our function room. She was dressed in period clothing, but she was all white and bright. Um, lots of things happen up there. Lights go on and off. Things get moved around. Um, we hear people whispering their name, taps on the shoulders, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything else? You- well, I was just wondering, Have have I know yep. Ron has investigated and, and his team has been in there. Do you get a lot of people coming in asking to do paranormal investigations in the restaurant? We do. We do. Actually, the, the most recent was um, TAPS, the size my ghost hunters were in. Right. Um, they, they did find a few, a few things. They had personal experiences. They said that the restaurant, because of the high ceilings and the big, large windows and lots of windows, was difficult for them to investigate because they're all just scientific. They don't do any mediums or anything like that. Right. We have so, we've had many, many um, psychics and mediums up here and have just been completely overwhelmed by the feeling they get when they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same way. I constantly feel like someone's looking at me when I'm here. It's not scary, though. It's, it's a very, very nice presence. So tell everybody exactly who Bridget Bishop was. I know, you know you've mentioned it, but... Um Bridget Bishop was a tavern owner um, back in, in the times of the witch trials. She was not a Puritan. Um, her, her apple orchard and tavern were on the site of the Lyceum because she was outside of town, set up closer to where the ships came in because she would entertain the sailors. Um, she was widowed three times, so therefore the Puritans, she was, she was a perfect target for them. She was arrested um, in prison for close to a year and was, um, and was the first woman executed. She was marched up to Gallows Hill all by herself mm-hmm. and executed as a witch. Wow. Well, I also hear that um, not only Alexander Graham Bell was there, but um, that the Lyceum was a historic former lecture hall, and it was made famous in its day by people like Thoreau and Hawthorne and Emerson as well. Absolutely. There have been many, many famous people that have come through here. Definitely. It's, um, it's got a great feel to it. And when you come here to eat in the restaurant, you, you can just feel the spirits of all those people around you. It's great. Mm, I love dining with spirits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually, if your listeners ever want to stop in, we do have some photos that people have taken that show some spirits in the photos. So, um that's, that's a real fun thing for people who want to see that. Wow. I, mean, I just, I don't know, it's just so much atmosphere and so neat. And, and you know, I, and I'm sure from time to time people that are in the restaurant dining um, do mention they may see things or something. We, do, we, we actually had two um, people in here about six months ago that own a flower shop. And they said, what a great smell of apple blossoms. It's so, so realistic. Where did you find it? And we just laughed and we said, well, sometimes the, 
the spirit of Bridget Bishop sends us the smell of apple blossoms. And they actually recognized what blossom it was. It was so realistic because it, it is the smell of apple blossoms. Wow. That is very yeah. cool. And I know, uh, I know that Ron has been there doing an investigation here and there. Um, kind of like to hear what he found out when he was there, what he right. found. Yep. Well, he's right here. So would you like to talk to him now? Sure. Let's get his impressions. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, that was cool. So tell me what, what you guys found when you were at the restaurant investigating. Well, Mari's here trying to uh, keep uh, our little friend from uh, channeling. She's trying, to, she's trying to do what? She's trying to keep her, the, our little friend that's here from channeling. What little friend? The little spirit. Oh, oh, okay. So somebody's trying to get to, and you you should mention that Maureen is a medium, right? She's a trans channel, actually. Okay. Which, uh, the spirit actually goes through her. And she, we actually did an event here. We do our spectral evidence. We do it a lot on now. But uh, a few years ago, we did it here, and she did trans channel one of the spirits here. So I think it's a familiarity to her. So who came through then? Uh, I can't remember at the time, uh, but it was, uh, I don't think we got the name of it. It was upstairs in the, in the other row. Do you remember who that was, Mike? It was a woman. It was Bridget then. Okay, so she's saying it was Bridget. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to let you go and talk to your ghost tour guy. Okay, uh, where are you headed? And we'll head over to uh, Christian Day's place, the Hex. Okay, good. We definitely want to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> before, she, before she starts channeling, okay. Oh, you'll be talking to three of us. Well, I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but toddle on off, hurry up, and um, we'll see you in a few minutes. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tim. Yes, I'm still here. Okay, good. <laughs> I was soaking all that in. <laughs> I know. I mean, where? How did the how did the tour start? Because I know you have a daytime tour and a nighttime we do. We do. tour. We do. Uh, our, our, what we do with our, our daytime tour is a tour we developed in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, we called it Bones and Stones. And uh, what 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 the daytime tour is? It's really a, a look at uh, Puritan cemeteries, but as we call it, uh, death and dying in the colonial period. And what, what it really is, it's a look at the rituals of, of how, how the Puritans viewed the dead and how they prepared the dead and kind of how they discarded the, the people who had passed on. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't think a whole lot of, of the body. You know, so yeah. cemeteries became kind of a, a place to pass and, and heed warnings from Puritans. You know, a lot of the symbolism on their headstones I really designed to catch your eye as you pass and, and get you on the straight and narrow. Uh, you know, so they, they had some pretty peculiar looks at uh, how they how they laid people to rest. So that's that's what we do on our daytime tour. Is it's a it's really a look at uh, the process of death and dying and how how they took care of the dead in in Puritan days. Uh, and that's what our daytime tour really does. It's it's a little bit of the haunted as well. Uh, some of the sites we get to take you, if, if any of the listeners have ever played the board game Clue, and I'm sure some people have, 
Uh, the mansion right across from my store, Remember Salem, here where we begin the tours, that was the murder case that the, the board, board game Clue was designed around uh, by the Parker brothers when they brought the game here in 1945. And most, most of the, the people that we talked to uh, in Salem on, on psychic levels and ghost hunters, that's usually the, the house where we get the most activity. And, I mean, I've had people on my tours get videos of who we call Captain White walking by the windows. And I've seen school groups at night, everybody jump at the same time because they see a man walk up to the window. Ooh. And uh, most people feel that's, that's one of the most active sites in Salem, the, the Gardner Pingree House. And if, you, if you're into the paranormal, we just, we just have so many great uh, stories to tell and places to take you. Um, the Howard Street Cemetery that we mentioned, and that's what we cover on our night tour. Our night tour is really a great way to get you and, and to some of these places and give you the story of why uh, some of these spirits remain and why people see spirits here the way they do. Uh, mm -hmm. The Howard Street Cemetery, again, where the pressing of Giles Corey took place, uh, we had a couple back in back in uh, early August who took pictures of the cemetery. And at that time of year when we begin our tour, it's still a little bit light out. And they, they so took about five photos. And on the sixth photo, um, you could see people walking all through the cemetery. And yeah, it's, it's one, of, one of the greatest ghost tour pictures I've seen, even, even compared to some of them at Gettysburg and, and so on. Do you have a website where some of these uh, We do. Are our, our website is uh, www.salemghosttours.com. And I, I love to invite people on that site because we, we have some great public galleries. We can go on and see the photos people have submitted. And we, we allow you to leave comments and, and give suggestions on what you think of them. So it's really become a great uh, resource for people just to see see things that other people have seen and, and get to kind of debate on what they think they are. There's some really good video on there as well. We do, we do a tour of the inside of the Salem Jail, which has a really rare look. You know, the Salem Jail, they haven't allowed uh, some of the big ghost hunting shows inside, so it's, it's a great look at what what that, that jail was like to be in, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the site, you know, we welcome everyone to visit uh, if they come to Salem or not. It's a great resource. Well, I guess I have to ask, this would be the obvious sure. question, do you sure. believe in ghosts? And well, have I, you seen I, do. Any? I do, I do, I do. I, you know, people ask me that on a, nightly, on a nightly basis, and, you know, when we devised the tour here, uh, we sat down with some local psychics. Um, there's a, a shop next to us called Crowhaven Corner, and that was one of Laurie Cabot's original shops. And uh, Lorelei there, you know, we, I did a lot of discussion with psychics here on what places we felt we should bring people. And uh, we think the result is we've gotten a lot more photos and a lot more things for people to take home with them, you know, from the houses that we've chosen. Um, I always tell people I do believe because my, my family came here on the Mayflower and in 1620, and even back in England, the, the wheat line that I come from, uh, in the family tree, there's always mention of fortune tellers and, and storytellers, and every one of my bloodline seems to get a little bit of that medium ability, you know, so as I joke with my friends, I was one of those kids that said, um, Dad, I see dead people, so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's definitely uh, always been a belief, and it's been a, been a big part of my life, so. Finally, getting to do ghost tours has been a, a great way to share that with people as well. 
you'd, you'd be amazed at how many people have stories to tell. Oh. And a lot of times it's it's big, tough, uh, bikey kind of guys who wouldn't normally tell a story like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a great way too to get to talk to people about experiences they've had as well. So I, I would have to say, um, yeah, I believe. And have you seen? What have you seen? I, I have. I've, I've seen. I've seen many things. Um, I, I have to tell you, in my two years now of doing the tour here, I've seen a lot, a lot more amazing photos than I thought I'd see, and I, I've really been amazed at some of the things people turn in. And, you know, to me, I think that's the best way to get to disbelievers. You know, in my life, I've done a lot of communication with houses, and I I seem to have a gift of what a place used to look like. You know, I think that's what's always attracted me to to history tours. I've been doing tours now for about 20 years, and it's kind of grown up doing them. I, I always have a good feeling of what colonial Boston looked like and felt like. And I have a really great ability to pick up on an energy energy of a building or a place. Mm-hmm. That's always kind of been my gift, but I, you know, on the occasion, I've, I've had spirits that communicate with me back and forth, and I've, I've been able to help some folks with problems they're having in houses and so on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's been a part of my life since I was young. You found your niche, and that you know, it's so great yeah. to be able to do what you love doing. Oh yeah, and that you know, once once I started doing the Salem Night Tour, especially in such a great city. It was just a, a really great way for me to put everything together, the history, the the um, the ghosts that we run into on a nightly basis, the, the houses, really really just an amazing amount of houses in Salem from the 1600s and 1700s. You know, Salem itself is like walking through a, a huge museum. It's just like an almost, in a way, a time warp. It is. It is. And, it, you know, that's, that's one of the great, I think when people do come to Salem, I've always thought, it's interesting to try to try to figure out what they visualize Salem to be. And I think what always what always they always come away with is just how old everything is. Just you know, building after building of, of buildings from the 1700s, 1600s. Just really, really an amazing collection of of energy. Really, you know, these these houses have histories. You know, the house I'm living in in Salem right now is from 1770, and when I go home at night, I'm just amazed to think that somebody celebrated the Revolutionary War in my house. And, you know, that kind of energy really just sticks with this city. I know. I mean, that that's the amazing thing. I mean, I live in a city, I live in Hollywood, where history is maybe 10 years ago. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, I've lived here all my life, and I've seen all, well, not all, but many landmarks, beautiful buildings go down in the name of progress or whatever. And... You know, for for any place in the United States to retain its integrity and retain some of that old feeling and revere history, I mean, that's absolutely marvelous. Sure, yeah, we really, um, when urban renewal hit Boston, it really, it really did a number of whole neighborhoods were lost. Uh, but Salem did a, a great job of fighting urban renewal, you know, and just, just keep, keeping the amount of uh, resource for people, just, just really... Really, it's really overwhelming when you come. There's just so many old houses. Is the town itself listed as a historic landmark? The town, you know, that's interesting. I, I don't think it is. And I, I think part of the reason is probably there's so many great historical groups that protect different parts of the city. It's, it's such a big effort here, you know, the, the Peabody Essex Museum and so on. Uh, I think that might be why there's so many entities involved. 
Uh, but it's it's something that could probably be done. You know, honestly, parts of Salem, you know, every house has a plaque from 1805 or 1690. And it's just really, really amazing. It's just amazing. And most of the houses stand, you know, where they always have stood. Um, you know, when, when you when you guys were talking about the Lyceum, uh, the corner where I live, that's where Bridget, Bridget Bishop, who first got into trouble for witchcraft, that happened about six years before 1692. And she, she, there was a family coming from Boston one night where they were rounding a corner. Uh, the horses got a glimpse of Bridget Bishop as she was passing in the snow, and the horses uh, reared up, and the, the carriage actually crashed. And the wow. family died, and that, that was her first accusation of witchcraft, just because she spoke the horses, you know. So, you know, I walk by that corner every day, you know, and wow. think that it, it hasn't changed a whole lot since That's that amazing. night. It's pretty amazing, yeah. It yeah. is. Um, we've got Ron back, so, um, but before I let you go, can you sure. please give everybody your website, contact information, where they can I will. find and, out? Sure, hey, they can hey, find Mama. me. Yes, yes. Oh, oh it's right. Ron. Okay. Yeah. If he wants to stay on a little longer, he can, because we are here at the Psychic Fear now, and we have Robin from uh, Lights Out Radio. Robin is right. here. Yeah, Hi, so, so Mark or whoever you are, I forget your name. Um, yeah. if, you want, if you want to hang on for a little bit, uh, we can I go will. back. Yeah. Robin actually was on the night tour with me. She was on the night tour with you? Yeah, she actually really? took the Salem night tour with me. Oh, so you know the, the night tour? Yeah, I, I, yeah, with the Salem Night Tour, but I, I, I had the pleasure of having Robin in one of my groups. All right, so let me put Robin on the on the phone while we have a few guys up here. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Robin. Hi, is this Marla? Hello. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Well, it's nice talking to you, too, now that you're a, a Para-X member, a card-carrying Para-X member with your show. Oh, yes. I'm so thrilled to be working with all of you. Well, we're happy to have you, too, and, and happier that you're in Salem today. This is, this is just a stroke of luck. Oh, it is just the greatest blessing to be here. There is just so much energy, and I'll tell you, I've been reading for hours today, and I'm just... I'm drained, but I've had such wonderful readings that I've had the opportunity to do. Well, if anybody's hanging around Salem, tell tell everybody where you are, where they can find you. Oh, yes, it's right in the mall. It's on Essex Street, and it's right by the Essex Museum, Essex Peabody Museum. Mm-hmm. And there's 20 of us in there reading. Uh, we all do different things as far as channeling, uh, reading crystals, crystal uh, scrying with a crystal ball, card reading, everything you can imagine is there. Wow. Just amazing people. Well, you're kind of an amazing too. And and for the people that don't really know you well at, at Para-X since you've just popped in, um, so tell us what your talents are and, and, and just a little bit more about Robin. Well, I'm a clairvoyant, and I've been that doing this since I was about four years old, so it's pretty much a lifestyle of mine. And um, I've known pretty well for the police work that I do, and I'm traveling all over, helping a lot of families find missing persons and solving different murder crimes and, and things that have come up, tragedies in their life. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm working with a lot of the paranormal groups. I'm helping train them in uh, going out and getting their readings and working with the spirit world. And, okay, compared to other places, how does Salem compare on a, a, a spiritual nature? Well, I, as you probably know, Salem is like a vortex, and there's just so much incredible energy here. And you'll find that a lot of cell phones and everything else tend to go dead. Watches go crazy. Uh, batteries stop. Um, it, it's just an amazing place. And a lot of us who are intuitive are spiritual that we sense this, and we're drawn very much to uh, coming here. People from all over, and, and certainly with Life Belt, we've run tours and things here, brought people from all over the country that have flown out to be with us. And um, once they come here, they don't want to leave. They feel this intense energy that's here. It's very positive. I was going to say, yeah, it must be. But there have to be certain spots that you kind of shy away from or, or just feel very uncomfortable. Um, I don't feel anything negative here. Um, I I am a strega witch myself, which I mean it's a very positive. I'm I'm kind of like Glinda as opposed to the wicked witch that the house fell on. <laughs> it's, it's very positive things, and I that's what I feel here. It's just wonderful things. There's many many entities here. There's a lot of spirits, and there's certainly a lot of history and culture that's here that we can tap into, and I, and I encourage all of the investigators to come here and check it out. Any particular hot spots that you um, recommend? A St. Mary's Graveyard. In fact, I was just working with somebody inside the psychic fair that's there as a reader, and they happened to take some pictures throughout the cemetery, and they picked up the exact same things that I did on the tour that I brought out here in June. And it almost looks like red eyes that are along the gravestone. Wow. Wow. It's flaming. And, they, and their picture is taken, as certainly we didn't even know each other at the time, and this is months later, and they picked up almost identical to the pictures that I have. Wow. There's a lot going on here. It's, it's, certainly it's, as, as a clairvoyant, it's absolutely a dream. So I see them walking everywhere. Wow. Um, I'm just looking at some questions that came in in the chat room. Um, somebody's asking, Michael is asking, is there, and, and Tim, you can jump in on this too sure. if you know, what is the most intensely scary story that you know that concerns the Salem Witch Trials? From the witch trial, just the, the trial happening itself is just it, it's horrific. You know, the I think the most prominent thing is when you're driving in off the highway here along 95, the first thing you see is the Proctor tomb. Oh, you're taking off? I have your phone. Okay, okay. Um, at 10 o'clock. So, I'm sorry. Ron, Ron and Maureen have to walk away. Okay. Okay. All right. They're coming back. I'm sorry to interrupt the show. It's live. We're, we're <laughs> they good. They left me their cell phone. <laughs> My phone's dead. It's completely it's drained. Cell phones don't work in Salem anyway, so. No, no, they don't. Everything, batteries and all of that get drained. So as okay I was if saying, I say hi to Robin quick? Hmm? Robin, yeah. I, was oh, your, yeah. I was your guide on the night tour, Michael. 
Oh, hi. Play Michael on the night tour. How, how are you? Oh, yes. I was just talking about you today. I'm yeah, I just want, I wanted to say hi to you as we were chatting. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I, I hope I get to see you up here. Oh, you will. You will. So you're That's talking wonderful. about... Oh, I'll tell you, his, his tour was just phenomenal. Thank you. He gave us so much with the history and just making it so entertaining and kind of swooping in education in the middle of all that entertaining part of it. It was just wonderful. Nobody even realized how much they were learning at the time. See, an unsolicited um, solicitation, good. I mean, it, you know, that's what we want. Oh, yeah, Robin yes. was fun to have on. Oh, sorrow. Oh, we've had a blast. And this this is from back in June that I brought everybody on it, and they're just still talking about it, and we're looking forward to doing it again, definitely. Sure. So, okay, so what's the scariest thing that has to do with the Salem witches, uh, the witch trials? Yeah, if, if I can chime in a little bit, I, sure. I always oh, feel yes, to please. me, I always feel to me the, the scariest story I think I, I deal with is probably the Giles Corey pressing. And yeah. the reason I say that it was it was a three day ordeal. Yeah. You know, was some of the deputies would be sent out every couple hours to take a stick and press his tongue back into his mouth, so Ooh. that in the hopes that if they got some more fluid on his tongue, he would be able to speak. And then his his problem was, and the problem that a lot of uh, people had in the witch trial was that they couldn't put you on trial unless you plea innocent or guilty. And because he wouldn't say anything this three-day ordeal went, went on. You know, and I, that to me always seems the scariest, just because of the ordeal itself and the, the people watching. And you, you imagine the terror of the three-day event. I, I mean, I just can't imagine people just standing there watching that yeah. for three days, and obviously they did. Sure. Oh, yes, and they loved it. That was entertainment to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some entertainment. Yeah, that was a very good one to bring up, definitely. It was horrific. I think I'd rather read a book, actually. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, and, I could and, see a pirate hanging. But did they do pirate hangings in Salem too? Uh, pirates were hanged here on the Salem Common. At least, at least one that I know of. He wasn't a very famous um, pirate, but he was one of the New England pirates. Uh, very, very close. Actually, very close to the Revolutionary War. And he was he was hanged here in Salem. It was kind of a business deal gone bad. Mm -hmm. A lot of government officials would would invest money with pirate ships. Um, yeah, so I know of, I know of that one anyway, right here in Salem. I know Boston had hanged quite a few uh, during the Puritan era there. So did they go out into the ocean and capture the pirates and bring them back, or were there pirates uh, stupid enough to to land? Well, a lot of pirates were were actually um, stupid enough to come onto land um, <laughs> because you know they they wanted to flaunt some of the money they had made. You know, so and New England pirates tended to try and blend in. Uh, you know, there was the Sun Tavern very close to where my shop is, and that that was a, a hangout for pirates. You know, there was there was a tavern in Windmass, which is just a town, a couple of towns over, and mm -hmm. this ta the tavern itself was actually a jail cell, and it would be disguised as a tavern. So by the end of the night, after you had had, had enough to drink. If there was a bounty on you, they'd actually invite you to have a room upstairs. And then when you went to your room, they'd, they'd lock the outside gate, which was actually a jail cell. 
and they pull the walls away and leave you inside the jail. Oh. You know, that that used to go on in Lynn for quite a time. Wow. So they would come to Lynn, believe it or not. You know, and we're not talking to any Depp here. No, I know. no, no. They were clean and ugly. It was a real deal. Yeah, <laughs> they were more like the bad guys that weren't the good bad weird. guys. You know, that it, it it I don't know. You know, if I were a pirate, I sure as hell would stay away from places like that. But then. Sure. You know, maybe have to be dumb to be a pirate, and then if you get hung, well, hey, you know, right. <laughs> it's yeah. your own damn fault. <laughs> so, what else, Robin, um, anything besides the Giles Corey thing and the pirates that, that you find about the witch trials that are, that's very um, standout? Well, I mean, it's it's always been a very passionate thing to me, you know, being a woman, to be falsely accused of something and just have a nosy neighbor next door that says, well, I don't like her, so I'm going to accuse her of being a witch. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just something as simple as that. You know, this was, um, um, you know, like the Housewives show on TV. I mean, it was something like that that just went so bad. And it could happen to anyone. And it did. And and that's the thing that I'm always on my soapbox about is that the the word witch has a bad connotation. And you're not a bad witch. I'm not a bad witch. I don't know any bad witches. But, you know, it, it just, it historically, witches are bad. And, yeah, and, I don't and know they what, assume that it's demonic and that, you know, we all worship Satan and all of that. And it's absolutely ridiculous. For me, you know, being a strega, it's all about nature. It's connecting with the universe and balancing, balancing everything in our lives. And having good intentions and using that for our family and for our friends. Nothing demonic about it. No, and, and in the Wiccan tradition, we don't believe in the devil. I mean, the, you know, the devil was something that came from the Catholic Church. Um, right, right, and, right. And paganism has been around before that. So, you know, when somebody comes up and says, oh, you worship Satan, and look at you wearing a pentagram, and they look to see if it's upside down or something, um... It's crazy, and I, I don't know, I really, I don't mean to sound like a downer, but I don't know that we can ever change that onus about us. I worry about that. I, I don't see it turning around. I really don't. Not in my lifetime, anyway. But the people that come into my life, I try to educate them about it. And mm-hmm. certainly people that know me know that I'm very positive, and I try to bring good spiritual things to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's, and that's why I say I'm, I'm Glinda. <laughs> I'm Glinda the Good Witch. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I have this problem because I live in the West, so I've been referred to as the Witch of the West. And they've oh, left out, no, no. They've left out the bad word, but, um, <laughs> you know, but again, that's what I'm trying to do with my show, too. I'm trying to let people know that, you know, we're just like everybody else, and we're not bad, and we're not Satanists, and devil worshippers and, and all of that stuff, but that we're just human. And, you know, but, but the thing about the witch trials, and, and as you said, it's extremely scary to think that your next-door neighbor can point a finger at you and have mass hysteria run rampant and, and all these people killed for nothing, um, you know, and, and find out too late that that's what happened and... and that's why it's so good that this, the history of Salem is still intact and people can learn from it. 
You know, it, it's amazing. Definitely a lot of our laws across the country. I'm, I'm thinking I'm hearing Ron. You might be. Okay, I just... I hear another voice coming in. It's the voice of God. I thought it was the voice of Van Helsing. <laughs> so, so where are we, Ron? We, we are actually sitting on the step in front of Hex, which is closed. Oh, yeah. And, and who are you hoping to find there? Uh, we were hoping to find something living or dead, but we found nothing so far. Well, so you'd have to find something either living or dead. <laughs> well, I figured we're both living, so, you know, that's a good start. We don't now know how long it. Hey, don't put any jinx on me. Uh-oh. So, so who, who's our guest on the uh, line? We've got Robin and we have Tim from Oh, wow, you get the whole crew there, huh? Yeah, we do. We're, we're all here. <laughs> yeah, we're all here. I'm just amazed that Maureen's phone held up for that long. <laughs> That's the one that Robin has? Yes. Yeah, it's hanging in here. Oh, okay, for now. <laughs> Okay, so I have a wonderful view of this shop. <laughs> I have a wonderful view of this shop. All these wonderful, all all these people are coming up here and they're getting witch costumes. I think our voices are crossing. I think Ron's speakers are echoing. That's right. <laughs> there was somebody going by with a muffler dragging underneath their car. So. <laughs> Okay, because oh. okay. we were kind of sharing our... Robin's we getting pictures. Say that again? Robin's getting all the good picturesque scenery. Well, oh, yes, I'm in front of a photography shop, and there's dozens of people here dressing up in witch costumes and having their photos taken. I'm sitting here in a witch costume. Well, actually, no, but um, I've got my witch hat right next door to me. I mean, right right here. I could put the hat on if that would help, but then somebody would have to do color commentary. So I guess not. We'll just leave it be. So, Tim, before we get carried away, please give everybody your website yeah. information and everything. Uh, sure. Uh, we're the Salem Night Tour, and you find us at www.salemghosttours.com. Com. And we run we run tours of Salem uh, every night at 8 o'clock p.m., and we run that April April right through the middle of November, and that's every day, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Very cool. And the day tour as well? Uh, the day tour as well, that's something we run in October, and that runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we run every day at 3 o'clock p.m., and it, it's just a great look at... Uh, the rituals and traditions of, of dying in the Puritan days. Can I ask uh, Tim a question? Sure. sure. Actually, this is a, a phenomenon that we've run into just lately this year. But when, if anyone has uh, gone on your uh, tours, have they uh, been affected by spirits at all? Uh, yeah, actually, um, yeah, I, I, I have pictures find. of it on, I have tons of pictures that we took on his floor, and it's incredible what's in them. Sure. 
The red eyes that I'm talking about. Yeah, we, red we, eyes find, we find that on a, a daily a daily basis. I've I've had people after tours come up to me, and I had I had a woman the other night who got a, a great photo outside uh, the Gardner Pingree House, very old. Uh, how they design the, the clue game around. Yeah, and I'm not you, talking photos, Tim. I'm, I'm talking yeah. actually people who have been affected, where you have to oh, actually sure. do, do energy work on them to, oh, sure. to bring I, them I, back. I, right? I've had many people uh, come up to me during tours because they feel they feel overwhelmed with sadness. I've, I've had people come up to me because they, they feel somebody grabbed them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had that. Uh, Salem is... is Really amazing for um, how common these things are, you know. But I, I have run, I've run into a lot of that this, this season. Uh, just a lot of people overwhelmed by feelings or wanted to talk to me. I, some of the, some of the people I talked to even an hour after the tour, just about things that have happened on the tour. That's amazing, Ron. Where'd you go? I'm still here. Oh, okay. It's just I'm not used to you being quiet, so it kind of put me off for a second. I, I was listening. It was pretty interesting. I just talked to some people walking by, and, uh, uh, you know, we asked them if they believed in ghosts, and they said, yeah, they did. <laughs> Do they believe in witches? That's no, your next well, question. Witches, witches, witches are a fairy tale. Oh, they are not. They are what? A fairy tale. Yes, please. There you go. Thank you. And Robin's not far off either, you know. Yeah, it's a tough No, I'm, I'm just up the walkway. Am I witch's broom? I want to say my witch's broom, my authentic one, handmade for me, customized with my name burned into it. It's on display in Hex's window. It is. Which one right on? And that came all the way from Michigan for me. But wait a minute, Robin. Is your face pasted all around town, Ryan? Um, it's getting there, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yours is. I'm bringing in some competition. Poster. <laughs> that is so funny, you guys. I just, I, I could just see you both on wanted posters all over Salem. Oh. <laughs> You no know one can top Ron. Ron has wonderful background in all of this, and certainly in paranormal investigation. But he's so much fun to tease. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know, this is so interesting, the, the town, it, it, the, the witches, it's got ghosts. You know, the ghost tours are awesome. Uh, there's, you know, it's just unbelievable. You get the history. The House of Seven Gables, where we were at, was amazing. You've got all the cemeteries. You've got the, the mystery, because... They don't know where a lot of these witches are actually buried. I mean, there's some of them that are, you know, am I wrong with that? Or, or, or is, is oh, no, a... it's all over. Absolutely. So, That's yeah. what I'm saying. One, one is out on the highway. Yeah. Really? They wouldn't let them, they wouldn't let them be buried in the, the Christian cemetery. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that's pretty amazing. When You know, a lot of places uh, that they, they dig up and they build houses next to cemeteries, well, back in the olden days... Uh, if you weren't a Christian or you were uh, uh, a Native American or something like that, they would bury you outside the uh, the cemetery walls. And so they're actually digging up these graves of people that were buried. Yeah, one one interesting thing too, maybe part of the reason we don't we don't know where they're buried is that in in Salem, uh, Central Salem, where where you are today, uh, after the witch trials, um, 
it was illegal to talk about the witch trials up until about 1839. So that means for a, for a very long period of time, nobody tried to research or study anything. And it's part of the reason we don't we don't find the tombs today is that it, it had been forgotten for so long, and just wasn't allowed to even be talked about. Yeah, that's simply amazing. It's just yeah. you know when you think about. There were more witches killed in other parts of the world, but Salem is known as the witch city, the witch capital, actually, just because of the... <laughs> the what? It's where, it's where the big E happened. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. and we, we, well, I joke as a tour guide in Boston as well, uh, how many people have heard of the Boston Tea Party? And then I say, how right. many people have heard of the one in Philadelphia the next day, or the one in New York two days later? Oh, really? See, I never knew there was one. Yes, if we don't, we hear the Boston, but that's the same thing with the Salem Witch Trials. No matter where you go in the world, they've heard of the Salem Witch Trials. Well, I mean, we talk about the witches, but there are many flavors even today of witches and witchcraft. I mean, you have people that study Wiccan. Uh, you have, you know, people that are more into the traditional or the, the Celtic um, you know, different magic. I mean, uh, you know, what type are you, Robin? What did you say? Yeah, you know, people are just witches. I'm a Strega. So my, my family's from Italy, and we grew up with, uh, you know, Italian cooking and everything in the house, and we use the herbs that are medicinal. And we like to remove the evil eye. We always feel as though, you know, somebody looks at your baby because they're jealous because you have a cute baby things like that, and, you know, they, they wish bad on you, and, and we like to remove that. That's that's our thing. Okay. So if you have any ill feelings or anything like that, you can come to me, and I can throw it out the window. Very good. Can I get some for, like, to ward off Ron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that would work. <laughs> How about you, Mahler? I know that you, um, Wiccan, is, you said that the other night, correct? Right, right. Yeah, I am. And I was just laughing because people are always joking that I put the stink eye on people. So now if I do that, Robin, I'll have to take that off, too. I, you can't yeah. win. <laughs> the stink eye. Yeah, it, it's similar to the I'm evil eye, I guess. Eye, not the stink eye. <laughs> That's the smelly version. Well, you know, we Wiccans are very sweet, so we don't go the whole thing. We just kind of put a little stink eye rather than an evil yeah, eye. Oh, I get you. That explains it, Ron. Got <laughs> evil appearances. So, so, Ron, are you guys heading off anywhere else? Because we've got about nine, ten minutes left here. You know what? Yes, I'm, I'm, there's people actually waiting to have readings with me. Okay, so we'll let you go, Ma, uh, what's your name? Robin, and, uh... <laughs> He's in a lot of trouble in Stanley. He's, you know what, I, I've been working with him for seven years, and I swear Ron just remembers my name occasionally, so don't feel bad. It's the Queen uh -oh. of Pain. Oh, my it's Queen of Pain because it's hard to remember Maureen, so... <laughs> anyway. All right, yeah, so your Ron, phone's just about ready to cut out, but thank you so much for having me on, Marla. Oh, you have so a wonderful show. Happy. Okay. We have a wonderful Thank show, and, and my best to everybody. Take care. All right, Robin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Lighting peace. Yeah. All right, so, Ron, are you guys going anywhere, um, or how what? Much, how much time we got left? We got nine minutes. Nine minutes. Mm. Quick you know sprint. What? I'd have to run very fast. Okay. I'll get something to drink. 
Well, that's kind of selfish since I can't have any. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we don't. We don't know what you're doing there. We'll send it to you virtually, Mala. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, well Astro projected to you. Oh, can you do that now? If you feel droplets of water spittling at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> no, that didn't. That didn't come out right. No, 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 no. Oh, you know what I meant. All in a good way. Not. Oh, okay, so. Are there any questions on the uh, chat room or anything before uh, we uh, do what we're going to do? How do we do it? Uh, not at the moment. Okay. Uh, so I just kind of... We answered everything. <laughs> so uh, oh, Rob, still there. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is, because he's, he's got great things he's interjecting here and there, so we're keeping him on. Um, right. So, okay, so Ron... Tell me, let's talk about um, your impressions of Salem. Because, okay, we, everybody knows that you are a skeptic. Is that it? Is that the right terminology? No, I'm kind of like Van Helsink. Which yeah. was? All right, you better explain that. Well, it, it, most people know that uh, Van Helsink from Brown Stroker's Dracula, well, he was a man of science, uh, which I am. I have my degree in environmental science, graduated 4.0. Anyways, and um, but it was also uh, versed in the crafts, which I do. I mean, I, I do dowsing and uh, uh, among other things, right? Wait, the only thing you don't do are past life regressions, right? Uh, no such thing as past lives. Oh, I, I'm going to have you and David Wells on my show to duke it out on that, okay? One of these days. Trust but, me. You know, Salem, Salem is an awesome place. Uh, it, there is a lot of... Uh, energy here now is the energy always been here or is it because of all the people uh that are they're light workers intentions here i mean it's 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 very difficult to tell what definitely probably amplifying it you know with everybody's with their intentions especially around october time frame you know everyone comes here saying hey they want to see spirits they want to be able to experience the environment or the presence that's in salem and i just think that really escalates all the energy around it I do, too, and, you know, it's it's amazing. I mean, we were over at the Lyocene when the House of Seven Gables was cool. I wish we had a little more time to spend with because it because I wanted to go through that secret staircase and stuff. You, you didn't do the secret staircase? No, nah, Mala chased me out of there. Just in my <laughs> time. Sure, <laughs> Had I known, I would have made you go up it, okay? Yeah, well, whatever. I lost the network connection anyway. Boom. Uh, anyways, so we went, to, we went to the YSM, and of course we couldn't get into the network, which was another problem. But anyways, uh, <laughs> while we were there, and you were interviewing uh, that waitress, uh, Maureen had an extremely difficult time in keeping uh, our little friend uh, Bridget out. Uh, I, I thought for sure she was going to channel, and uh, yeah. that could be interesting at times. Yeah, you know, go ahead, Marla. No, I was going to say it would have been. I mean, if we had time for you to sit there and allow that to come through, that would have made a fascinating segment. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating for who? Yeah, yeah for who? Okay, for me, Ron, all right? I would have wanted <laughs> yeah. to hear it. I would have. Um, it, it, you know what? The energy was so intense and so strong. It was just swirling around us. The meter was going off, the EMF meter. Um, and we had, you know, when Terry was speaking with you, I swear, I mean, Bridget was kind of walking between us back and forth. And, and really just kind of wondering what was going on. And when we were leaving... Oh, now that's a real bummer. There's, 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 wait a minute, there's a witch that just got a parking ticket. Where is the <laughs> Hey, you got a parking ticket, right? That's not right. 
for her broom or her car? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It's the same one she had all week. Okay. <laughs> and she's got a cool witch car. Oh. <laughs> I was going to no. chuckle when no, one of the psychics is going to take up. We're, we're talking to everyone in California, but we won't tell anybody. Oh? No, your secret is our secret. Right, listeners? Yeah. <laughs> The license plate number in that car is. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Van Helsing thing to do. Uh, <laughs> but, Marlon, it's been a lot of fun. I, I know we had some technical difficulties, but, uh, I mean, I'd love to try this again with you. Uh, I'm sure we could item out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's just, you know, we've just actually just scratched the surface of Salem and, and so many places to go. I mean, you haven't even been to a cemetery tonight, and, and that's something that, that should be necessary. So, yeah, definitely. But, we you know, what I was thinking, why don't you do something out there in California, and Maureen and I will be in the studio where it's nice and warm and have lots of drink. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. You're drinking. I'm not, darn it. So, no. yeah. I am nice and warm. I have the air conditioner on because it is nice and warm here. But, yes, we can we can do that as well. We can, we can do back and forth. Um, this doesn't have to be a one-time show because actually it worked. No, I think it'd be yeah. great fun. I think it'd be a lot, a lot of fun. Really, will be. I lo- really I'd love to. Place. I'd love to get out on location with some of you guys and, and uh, bring you to some of the spots we go. Oh no, you wouldn't. I have oh, no. some <laughs> goodies cool. to bring you. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Sure. You got them there. They're captive now, and they don't live that far away, Tim. So. Sure. If I, if I was on a cell phone, I would have run down to bring them. <laughs> I'm stuck on a lousy cordless. <laughs> ah, okay. I think Alexander and the Grand Bell, this is the one he used. Do you live in uh, Salem, Tim? Uh, I do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually a native of South Boston, which uh, infamous from the movie The accent. Yeah, that means I've learned to hide my accent a little bit. Um, but I, I moved up to Salem about two years ago, and, and interesting enough, a lot of my friends that have moved up here, we always joke about hey, Salem kind of calls you here, you know. And when, when I do my tours at night, I do a little funny joke where I kind of warn people, be careful about visiting too much because you'll end up here in a funny outfit like me. But uh, you know, we, we often joke about how, you know, we feel Salem called us here for some kind of a reason, and, you know, it's, it's, re- it's really ironic. You know, I'm, I'm living in a great old haunted house right now, but I, I really feel like I was meant to be in that house, you know, as on out of side, place as I am being from Southie. But, on a side note, we actually have to come and do an investigation here in Salem. There is a uh, uh, person living in a house that's extremely haunted. The windows open up, the cupboards open up, sure. doors open and closed. I, I get locked out of my house on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, well, that's your partner, not me. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm sitting here, and I'm looking across the street, and I see a ghost in the window. I know, a little boo. A little cute little ghost that's outlined in lights, a little cute little boo. That's what it is. I thought it was real. No. <laughs> Wise guy. So, are you, are you guys, Ron and Maureen, you going to haunt Salem the rest of the evening, or are you heading home? No, I think we're heading home, you know? We might find something to eat. Oh, ladies. Oh, you, are you scaring the tourists now, or what? What is that? She, she's trying to take people off the street, and it's not going well. You know, 
you know, if you get picked up for prostitution, don't blame me. <laughs> big sweatshirt on. I don't think so. Oh, all right, guys. Well, we need to wrap up here. We got like a minute or so to go. So, so we'll say goodbye, and we'll let you finish up the show if you want. All right, but I want to thank you for the brilliant idea of coming up with this plan to begin with. I you know, think it inspired. It's amazing, amazing what happens when you sit down with a drink once in a while. Well, I think you need to drink a little more often because we we made history tonight, didn't we? Yep. All right. Cool. We certainly did. All right. We're going to have to say good night and uh, until next time. Good night and God bless. Mala, thank you, and Tim and everybody else that, that called in and everything. We really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Yep. Good night. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. And Tim, thank you very much. Thank you, and, and I hope uh, everyone can get out to Salem at some point. Oh, I do, too. You were Thanks a great, a great draw. So Thanks. I'd love to be on again. Take that tour. We'll have you back. Thank you. All right, everybody. Um, we are going to let you get ready for Mark Nelson and Positively Psychic. And I want to thank everybody for being here for the last two hours. It flew by for me. I hope it did for you, too. So um, until next week, I've got Scott Michaels, who is um, the Manson historian. He'll be on my show next week. So everybody, blessed be. Merry meet again. And Tom, thank you for, for doing all that you did tonight to make this happen. No tonight, problem. Huh? <laughs> That's a no problem. Good, good, good. All right, let's play us out. <laughs> This has been a production of the Para-X Radio Network.